Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Episode 59. Still alive. Hello. It's Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. And uh, we're all here. My name is Ian. That's Kevin. Hey. Ryan the Beard's here. Yo, yo. And our buddy, long, almost long forgotten friend, Travis the Virus. What up, Metal Shop? How's it going, man? It's uh, It's been a pretty wild few weeks for you, I hear. Oh, yes, it certainly has. Uh, we look forward to hearing your viral rant for the week, which hopefully has something to do with your life changes in the last few weeks. So. Oh, yes, it good. sure good, good, it good, certainly good. shall. To new beginnings. Episode 59, Ian. Uh, we all know what a 69 is in the sexual like, uh, you know, positions. What's a 59? What's a 59? And does it have anything to do with fisting? A 59 is like having a 69 with a, a one-legged chick. Okay. <laughs> what, what if it's just like... Or just somebody that's missing an appendage. How about a, just a less pleasant 69? Like, you almost get there, but then not quite. Yo, that was not a 69. <laughs> Yo, girl, that was a 59. That was a terribly bent 69 <laughs> attempt. What is happening? Yo, girl, you're trying to 59? What? You oh. suck at 69! <laughs> You'll find out. I just like 99s. <laughs> Wait, What's what? that? <laughs> See, now, oh, it's God. It's a 69 with a... Oh, yeah. What was the last week you said if we take a drink for every time we, like, go down some weird road about boobs or weed or sex? Or sex. Yeah. 50-59ing. Weed. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're already Mostly drunk. just weed. Speaking of which, let's take this uh, this here shot here, guys. Here, How about this? Let's dedicate this to the SCOTUS decision of legalizing gay marriage. In all 50 states. Hell I think that's yeah. pretty rad. I'll drink to Cheers. that. I bet there's 59 ing going on over there. <laughs> 59 it! <sighs> Woo! Booyah! It's brutal. So much Santorum all over the United States. <laughs> mm, I just Santorumed all over your Huckabee. You saw that video <laughs> with Rick Santorum where it was his campaign video where he was like uh, on tour whatever, going to small towns, and there was one person in the <laughs> audience. One person. They're like, you suck. Now what they yeah, say? Yeah, they weren't even into him. No, but no, uh, it was just like <laughs> oh, literally, literally. there was actually he was there to make a speech, and, and there was one person. It's better than, uh, I guess that's one more, woman. it's more honest than when Donald Trump hired actors from Craigslist to show up to his rally and pretend like they gave a shit that's about awesome. Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> So Donald Trump for pres the Republican uh, presidential candidates, which I think there's like fourteen of something at like this that. point at last count. Who's gonna? They're stick? all dude. They're chomping at the bit. They're trying to get in there, in there like swimwear. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see uh, how the political climate turns out here. Some people might be knee jerking out of uh, the Democratic camp because they're like, oh Obama health care. So I yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> It uh, it doesn't it it kind of surprises me that uh, I don't know someone from Seattle like uh maybe what's his name dude who owns uh EMP uh Paul Allen Paul Allen yeah. he's never ran for president well he's like I'm rich I don't give a f- I get to do whatever I want whatever I want to do anyway Donald Trump was talking about how it would be a, a smart idea for the United States to like 
have someone in charge who's independently wealthy because he could help fund. He could just be like, hey, I've got money for that. He could help fund like the defense program and whatnot. Anytime I see Donald Trump, I can't not look at his f***ing toupee. This is 2015. (laughs) I think it's real. And this guy has a toupee from like 1984. Still. He's too cheap to update his toupee. This guy is like the richest f***ing dude on the planet and he can't get a real looking hairpiece. I don't know. I've never disputed its realness. Can't you just, like, get a head transplant or something like that? Like a a scalp transplant? You know what? Just fucking douse your whole body in gold plating. That would be way cooler and far more super evil, like, super villain style. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Remember when he had that, like, feud with Rosie O'Donnell? Of all people. (laughs) Donald versus Rosie. They did that on WWE. Did they? Yes. It was a WWE Smackdown. That sounds more like a... A main event. Like celebrity death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Round but no, one, fight. No, that was a real f***ing thing. Well, lots of weird... Quote, unquote, real. Lots of weird stuff happened this week. How, how was your guys' week? Ryan, what did you get into, man? Well, I just did a whole bunch of stuff around the studio at home, and... Uh, is that coming was, together now? You it, are, like, it, it is, running on I, all eight cylinders? Yep, <laughs> did a whole lot of soldering, and, um, yeah, ordered mm, some new parts, that's ordered sexy. some new pedals. Yeah. My been, solder. Been a good week. Solder your legs off. Been a good week down in my uh, down in my basement, not talking to people. Yeah, in the cave. Yep. Do you get? Cave. Do you have any natural sunlight that reaches you? Nope, none. Okay. Wow. Just checking. Nothing. None. Not none. even like a small little window. Nope. There's a small little window, but it's uh it's uh three layers of glass on either side, so not a lot of light gets through there. Fair enough. What's the point of having that window? Uh, just a reminder that the world exists outside. Yeah, kind of. Okay. I guess. Yeah. I hear you. I was in my basement all week. Also. There so you go. I hear you. You and I both. No, no, no natural sunlight. Basement dollars to unite. It's, uh, dude, it's hot as f*** outside right now. Yeah, it is. It's hot. Man, I'd we, rather be in the cave, man. I, I've been enjoying the evenings, though. We, we had a nice barbecue the other day. Uh, had, a, had Kevin by. We where's my f***ing nice. phone call, man? F*** man. Well, you were, you were busy <laughs> doing basement things. Yeah, that's true. I do a lot of basement things. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ian's creepy pumpkin patch, which is coming along excellently, by the way. You're working on pork and the pumpkins. <laughs> It wasn't much of a barbecue. It was more just cooking it inside. Yeah, yeah. We just ate burgers. Exactly. It actually wasn't barbecue at all. What the fuck are you talking about? We just hung out and made burgers. We just sat around. Then then we went outside and and ate them outside. It it was nice. Got to get to use the outside. (laughs) So it wasn't actually it wasn't actually a barbecue. Now you feel better about not being invited. (laughs) I feel much better. Hey man, we're making burgers. Would you have been like, all right, it's a barbecue? Bring all your friends. I would have shown up and been like, man, what the. <laughs> We're actually making burgers inside and then walking outside and eating them. You need to have yeah. at least one tiki torch anytime after like halfway through June to make it a He's got lights here. outside. Yeah, man. I don't know about tiki torches. No, you I got I, one? I made that outside. Oh, f- he's got a tiki torch. He's no, got I, did, the realness. I, I did the rope light all throughout the uh, the big overhang thing that over. Oh, are you impressing big? babes? Yeah, man. Babatorium. What about you, Kevin? Uh, well, this past week, uh, you and I actually worked the opening of the Guitar Center in Redmond, and that was pretty fun. We... I thought it was going to be weirder and lamer than it was, but yeah. it was actually really cool. It was super fun, uh, and we had some people come up to us and talk to us about Metal Shop. We got to promote the station, and then we checked out the the show, uh, we, the opening, I mean. We got some free t-shirts, some free swag, and Elvis was there. Elvis was there. It was great, so... Uh yeah, Guitar Center in Redmond's actually like uh probably the nicest guitar center I've ever been to. It's the most Well, it's brand new. You guys have been in guitar If yeah. you've been in one guitar center, you've been yeah. in every guitar center, right? Yep. This one's actually different. The layout is completely different 
and the way they have it set up is awesome. Like you can walk up and grab your own strings and picks. Like you don't have to go to the accessory douche at the table over there, you know? (laughs) So you can just go grab it yourself, which is cool. And I thought it was kind of weird that they trusted people to do that when there's like, there was at that point, what do you, maybe like 150, 200 people just walking around in there? people inside the store. Yeah. Yeah. They had everyone working for them that. Yeah, dude, there was more, almost as many employees as there were people in there. He got like five comments on his Napalm Death t-shirt. Like sweet Napalm Death t-shirt. From all the people who worked there. So I should expect that. Right. Hell yeah. Well, it made me happy. You should be happy. Uh, aside from that, that was a cool event. We, oh, I've just been uh, setting up interviews for Mayhem Festival, which is coming up on Tuesday. So, gonna be there all day long on Tuesday afternoon. It's gonna be a hot day. Uh, gonna be talking to like Jungle Rot, probably Code Orange, uh, a few other ones. Hopefully, one of the members of King Diamond, and hopefully, we can lock down something with Slayer. Yeah, that would be sweet and uh you know with with mayhem festival as fun as it is it is a, a very last minute thing this is a kind of a behind the scenes look i guess at what it what it is like uh interviewing bands and whatnot typically you know you'll talk to a manager get like a couple days notice but with mayhem festival and it has nothing to do with the bands or anything like that it's because it is a uh and it's a huge tour with so many fucking bands and, and they have ro- one press person and they rotate set times exactly so they're not playing the same time every day so it's they can't be like, well, here's the time I get to do interviews. It's weird, like, thinking about what it's like as a band member because you think it's just some big party, but there's a lot of shit they have to do during that day before they're set. That's like, all right, I guess I'll go get interviewed by this <laughs> fucking white guy with dreadlocks. Yeah. Or whatever, you know? So, which happens all the time. With so many bands, with so many cities, obviously there's going to be a lot of requests for interviews. Uh, so it's a whole big thing of, like, getting in touch with them and, and setting up these interviews. But because. You know, it is such a tight ship, or uh, it is such like a traveling circus. You kind of don't find out about these things until the day of, or like a couple hours before the next day. You stay up late, or like fifteen minutes, like last last year. They were like, "Hey, do you guys want to interview the new drummer from Avenged Sevenfold?" Like, okay. We were just standing around. We didn't have any questions ready for him. We were just like, "Sure, why not? Let's just shoot this guy." And it was cool. Yeah, ended up turning out pretty pretty good, and he was a chill dude. Except and, for that our microphone didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so that sucks. Last year was a big f*** up. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen again this year. Yeah, let's do some audio testing this year. How who, does that sound? Who would have thought that that would be a good idea? I don't know. How many interviews have I saved now just through filming it through my cell phone and then ripping the audio At least three. That? At least three. The carcass one is the number one one that I remember <laughs> when we were on that tour bus. Oh, God. That was yeah. bad. That was rough. But we got it. We have the interview now. Thanks. Thanks to Ryan the Beard. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Before we get into Travis's week, I'll just tell you that I cut down a, a lot of my veggies in my garden. Awesome. I have a veggie garden. Oh, yeah? Tell, tell us about the Is lettuce. Is this a euphemism? Dude, lettuce has, well, no, literally, oh, okay. vegetables in my garden. Okay, cool. So today I cut down a bunch of celery and lettuce heads, which are fucking huge. They're like the side of, size of basketballs. But did you know when you cut off a lettuce head from the ground... There's like a billion little pill bugs that like come out of the dirt because they live under lettuce heads. Huh. Like the little roly-poly bugs. Roly, little, yeah, little, little gray ones. Poly. Yeah, they like, we poke them and they like roll up and you can roll it down a hill. Yeah, man. Yeah. Love those little things. You used to have lots of fun with those as a kid. Anyway, oh. that's fucking gross and weird. So <clears throat> if you're ever buying organic lettuce, give that shit a nice rinse because you never know what's, and slugs too. Yeah. Really thing. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to make some like sweet like romaine lettuce wraps, and I'm going to make a f- ton of tacos and chop cool. that shit up. It's just nice to say that I grew it myself, Yeah, and now I'm going to eat it. Absolutely. It. You got Very a big-ass sure. yard, don't you? Uh, yeah, but it's a small 
vegetable garden ish. Next year though, I'm gonna do that up because it's not my house. I don't own it. And at the end, what my land, my 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 deposit on my house is three hundred bucks. Yeah. So I'll just be like, whatever, can keep it. I got a big ass veggie garden, and if you don't like it, you can go back to fucking where dirt. Where? <laughs> I don't know. Name what? a place. Bellevue. All right. Go back to Bellevue. <laughs> Bellevue's a place. Or you <laughs> groceries from Whole Foods. Man, that place is expensive. I bought a gun Super legally for, uh, in my own name for the first time this week also. From Wait Whole a Foods? second. You've, no. you've owned oh. a lot of guns. All, I have a lot of guns, and none of them are in my name except for this one gun that I just bought, which is cool. I mean, that's just how <laughs> the law works. Like, uh, before You're allowed th- to own guns in other people's names? Right, because it's the police's job. It's due diligence is what it's called. So if a gun gets stolen from me, say, and somebody goes out and commits a crime and they find it, They'll trace the gun back to me, and then they have to follow it back up the chain of owners or back down originally. What they'll do is they'll run the serial number and say, this gun is registered to so-and-so who bought it new from such and such shop. Mm-hmm. And then if that guy had sold it, he has to provide the police with a bill of sale with that person's like signature and driver's license number and just be like, then they can say, not my problem. I sold it to this guy. And then they're going to go to that guy next, and then that guy's going to go, I sold it to this guy. And further and further on down the line. So if the gun's been sold and traded off a bunch of times, it's kind of hard to say where it's supposed to be. So that's why they did 594. But this time I bought a gun online. I had it shipped to the pawn shop down the street, which is a FFL, uh, uh, Federal Firearms License. It's, mm-hmm. They are allowed to sell guns. And I have my concealed uh, pistols license. So I just showed them that. They called and they checked that I had it. And they were like, all right. And they gave me my gun and I walked out. Awesome. No waiting period, nothing. Hmm. But I had to wait like two months to get my CPL. So they so, know I'm not a felon. That's the point. So it's your first gun. If this is my. I bought my first gun this week, guys. Awesome. <laughs> I totally believe you. The look Wait. on your face says it all. Oh uh, yeah, but it's, it's first tight. gun in oh. the hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's probably dozens, not hundreds. Although I did uh, also set up uh, d- to go get my gun trust on. Uh, I think sometime in July. So I'll be able to buy silencers and machine guns and all kinds of crazy ass shit. Sounds like if Donald Trump wants to fund the military, he's going to have to buy the guns from you. Yeah. Hell yeah. See, I'm not weird, man. Everybody <laughs> looks at me like I'm some kind of maniac, but it's just an expensive hobby. That's just the way I look at it. Hey, man, I don't have any guns, so, you know, you got your... I thought it was just great to hear someone say, I can buy stuff like machine guns <laughs> yeah, and yeah. mean it. Legally. Yes. And the government knows I have it. I pay I will have paid them a tax stamp for it. So, yeah, dude. And the the only like the only benefit I get out of that because everybody I like finds out that I'm into guns or whatever thinks I'm fucking weird. They look at me like the way all three of you are looking at me right now. But at the same time, nobody's going to ever come fuck with my house. I'll tell you that much. Well, of course not. You got a machine gun. Right. So stop making this sound so fucking no, awkward. I'm not. We're not saying it's anything. not awkward. All right, next time I'm guns taking, are awesome. I'm taking all three of you dudes shooting with me next time. Fuck yeah, and we'll come back and talk about it next time. Fuck yeah, all right, that all sounds right. great. Let's do I'm it. Down. Let's do it. Anyway, Travis, gun party. Uh, yeah, gun. <laughs> I get it though now because all these dudes that are out in the woods calling us up during metal shop when they're all drunk and they're like, "Oh, we're out in the woods shooting off shotguns, blowing up couches." I get it now. Fun, man. Uh, you just got to be careful that you don't mix too much booze in with the, quote, fun. 
because otherwise it won't be fun. <laughs> yeah, my, or it uh, would be even more fun depending on how you look at it. A buddy of mine back home found out the hard way that uh, dogs will go after laser sights. Yeah, that's true. Well, you don't want to. Sh did he shoot his dog? Uh, almost. The dog, the dog jumped and the bullet went right through his mouth. So it what missed him by like the tiniest little bit. Well, you shouldn't take your dog shooting in the first place unless it's like a hunting dog, in which case you should be out hunting with it. And your dog should probably know what the hell's going on. Right, like pointers and labs and like there's a lot of uh, retrievers and stuff like that that <laughs> that's their job. You know, that's what they're trained to do. Travis, uh, you've had quite a week. Yes, yes I have. I've had a, quite a couple of weeks, actually. Travis... How long have you worked? How long did you work at the record store that you worked at? The last uh, record store I worked at, I worked at that company for eight years. Okay, yeah, that's it's a how long I, time. That's how I met him. Actually, we worked at the same record store for a while, um, and then when I moved into a different record store, he actually worked at that same record store over in North Seattle um, for a couple years. But right after I did, so. Yeah. Uh, we worked at the same company for quite a while, and that's how I met Travis, and now he's the manager of my apartment. <laughs> what a weird world. Have you busted Kevin doing anything weird yet? Oh, all kinds of stuff, but I'm <laughs> obligated to not discuss that in public. Oh, you got like a non-disclosure thing. It's a Until Health the... Information Protection Act. Oh, it's the HIPAA. Yeah. No kidding. He's got you on HIPAA law, dude. You yeah, can the... poop in the driveway, and you wouldn't be able to tell anyone. Well, no, that's... <laughs> Hey, that's that, that other people's I hope you tell everyone. <laughs> he could he could poop on the stairs, and I can't actually tell anyone. See, Kevin, but the, the, the more driveway you know, that's totally different, totally up for grabs. <laughs> that's public space. You shitting there? You're talking to the big dog. <laughs> you're talking to Big Travis. That's right. So Travis, uh, so pay your rent. This guy speaks a lot of truth. He's got a level of common sense that a lot of people just don't fucking understand for some weird reason. People are dumb as. Shit. Travis is not one of those people. Travis, uh, tell us about your viral rant. Well, today, week. yes, one of the things that made my life so much more eventful is, uh, well, for a long time now, I've actually been working two full-time jobs. One of them I recently walked away from, which has been, of course, my record store clerk career. Uh, like I said before, the the record store I last worked at, I worked was at that company for eight years yeah. before that. I've pretty much been working at record stores my entire adult life. I've only really had a handful of jobs, and that was mostly what I did since I was 18. Uh, yeah, six different stores for three different companies, and yeah, that's what how I made my money for most of the time. And I had a you know a lot of things you know. I had maybe not a front row seat, but still a pretty good seat to dozens of big industrial and cultural changes in the world of music. Saw formats come and go. Uh, I discovered gateways that led to many badass things I'm into now. And I met a lot of great friends, including Kevin, who through extension, I met you guys and so many others. Totally. A lot of great positive things, but uh, I'm not here to talk about any of those yeah, great that, experiences. That's not what the Travis's viral rant is about. No. this It's is, not about the good things. This is about the stuff that made working at a record store suck. And there was a lot of I was going to say. <laughs> hey, man. A, a lot of people have the misconception that working at a record store is you basically just sit around and listen to music all day. And then occasionally you sell stuff uh, to people. Then you put more CDs or records on the shelves. And you uh, talk to other people who love music and share what you're into. And, and that was probably the way it was 
uh, in like the late '90s, early 2000s when oh. I started this. But today, I was going to say, you're today, not all like John Cusack out there. It's what? not. No, it's and. <laughs> Uh, I was really hoping that we could get through this without any high fidelity references, but <laughs> nope. I should have known better. It. That's another thing. If you work at a record store, I hope you like high fidelity <laughs> references. You get them a lot. Hey, this is kind of like high fidelity, huh? It's like that shop in high fidelity. They never like, uh, maybe once or twice people have compared a shop I've worked in to uh, to like Empire Records, but yeah. that's, just, that's it. Most of the time, oh, it's high fidelity. Are you like Jack Black? <laughs> yes, I'm like Jack Black. I hate you, and I'm going to make sure you don't get that Frank Zappa record. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good times. All right, sweet. So let's do it, man. I want to hear the rant. I want to hear what you have to say about your career in record stores and leaving them far behind you in All the right. fucking dust. Let's start with annoying customers do. All right, so you know the cliche about someone coming into a store looking for a specific song, band, movie, album, or whatever, and not knowing the name of it or anything about it? Kind of like that one part in Clerks. People always make that joke. It's not a joke. It's not a myth. It's very, very real. That happened all the time. See, before I start, when I was younger, before I started those jobs, I thought, nah, people couldn't be that clueless about oh, they what are. they like. But no, they... They, they they just give vague descriptions oftentimes, and uh, they, they get all pissy when they don't return immediate results. I've gotten descriptions like, it's a new alternative hard rock song with really heavy drums. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard Any a few guesses? of guesses? Nickelback. I, I make them sing it sometimes. I would make them sing it. Oh, and they're, and they're so out of tune when they do it. It's like, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking for da 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 And then it turns out to be like some uh, some yes song. And like, no. Nah. I, I would make <laughs> them sing yes. it and like get to the very, very, very end of the song. And they'd be like, so do you know it? No, no. No. <laughs> I would just give them a look because I was really Tired. hard. I was, it was hard for me to... Shield when I was just like, like are you like, f***ing kidding me? So I just look at them with that no expression at all when they do that. Like, you don't know what I'm trying to sing, do you? No, I don't. Yeah, I've had people go like, I'm looking for this song. It was on the radio at 11.45 this morning. Do you have it? What station? Yeah, man. Yeah. We got it right here. Yeah, yeah. We got it in the it's 11.45 box. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. For, we got it alongside uh, whatever they played on every radio station in Seattle and at eleven forty-five. At eleven forty-five yesterday, it's in our eleven. Oh, we've got this. Yeah, go, we've got this going back for three years. <laughs> it's the eleven forty-five box from next to the eleven forty-six yeah, come box. On, what the? F we got a box for every minute of the day. See, <laughs> that's kind of inefficient. Most songs will take up more than one box. <laughs> <laughs> we got multiple copies that's of not how CDs. It works. <laughs> This is a record store. We got everything. Right, Travis? Yep. Except, uh, you know, stuff that I really like. That Inagata DeVita fits in eight boxes. <laughs> Just kidding. Most, most of the, some, of the, some of the stores. Some of the stores I worked at had a really good metal selection. That's true. Some of them did. So, uh, continue. Before we uh, just steer this all the way down. No, no, certainly, yes. Um, one of the things of, that really... Uh, I f***ing hate opening CDs for people. 
and people never think about this, but yeah, when you work at a record store, you'll open CDs for people a lot because they always say, oh, it always takes me so long to open, open those CD. things, don't you know? But CD, CDs aren't hard to open, is the What's thing. What's your best method? The best method? To do it fast. Okay, this is the last time I'm ever going to explain it to anybody ever. Okay. You take a CD. Give me this. Yeah, give me a CD. You take the CD in your hand here. On the bottom part of the case, you put it up on the on the edge against uh, a corner, and of uh, any hard piece of furniture, exactly. and then you rub it back and forth. That tears the plastic. The plastic comes right off. Then you unhinge the bottom, and you take the front of the case off. Exactly. To take off the top sticker that they put on there, and then you attach the cover back there. See. That is, if I had have not been drinking a, a little bit, I could have done it in like five seconds. <laughs> but I had to open hundreds of CDs for other people who just, I tried showing people. I tried educating It's a them. trick. I tried yeah. being helpful. Like, yeah, I got this little trick here. But no, they're just like, oh, I thought, you, I thought you had some kind of tool to do it. No, you don't need a tool. Those I've seen those tools. They're, they're designed to be lost, is what they do. You yeah. buy one, you use it maybe five times, and you lose it. That, yeah. That's where you look at the guy in the face and you just go, you're the tool! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, you use your hand. That is a tool you're born with. And uh, then you can just rub it. You're and, the tool! Uh, rub it against a hard <laughs> surface. You can find hard surfaces uh, very many places. All right, Travis, what else? What's what's next? Well, I just want to end that by saying if you ever at a record store and someone opens a CD for you and you act really impressed, that's patronizing. Don't do that. Like, wow. Well, you're so good at opening CDs, Travis. Exactly. It's great that you have a job opening CDs. Oh, man. (laughs) I do say they train you you well here, don't they? Did you get your degree in CD opening? (laughs) out of my face. Uh, so many people come in and they have a really big problem communicating. Like, like I said, they they don't know what they're looking for. Exactly. They don't know how to. They don't know which is the new whatever they're into. It's like they say, they're, "I'm looking for Drake." Okay, which one? The new one. Well, which is the new one? Why don't you know? This is more relevant to your interest than mine. And by new one, that might just mean it came out two years ago. If it's not a new release, I don't think of it as a new one. I'm a record store clerk. I think things differently. Uh, they, 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 so many people just like, hi, can I help you? 38 special. Um, <laughs> what about them? Do you have God any? Oh, it. okay. Oh, see, yeah. I See, I like questions. Like when people are, Oh, you want to be looking, spoken to like I, a human? Yes, not just talked at like I'm some kind of search engine. 38 special. One time uh, a woman came in. I want a hamburger. <laughs> oh, hamburger. Cheese. I want a liter of cola. Pickles. No so woman, pickles. Woman comes up to me. She just Alanis walks Morissette. up. And she says, lie to me. And I said, You're like, bitch, you are I, gorgeous. I have. <laughs> that's what I should have said. Damn, girl, you are sexy. <laughs> what did you say? I told her I have a wide variety of superpowers. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and then she thought, like, oh, I see what you did there. And like, yeah. So, which season apply to me? Yeah. And. I really don't think she was expecting that. <laughs> that's f***ing awesome. Yeah. But yes, so I should have... a show. Okay. I should have okay. used it as an... Yes, it's a TV show. Cool. Uh, <laughs> See, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure some... The things you learn, man. One person listening to this has to have heard of Lie to Me. 
I'm sure. Mr. Orange is in it. Have you, Tim? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was the guy that like, like uh, insisted that Def Leppard did Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Not that a cover Dude. of Stairway to Heaven exists done by Def Leppard. He is that insisted. True? No, it's not true. Okay. He insisted that Def Leppard had done Stairway to Heaven, and he had to be told very slowly that, <laughs> right. no, it's a Led Zeppelin song. You need to go ahead, go ahead and sit down. i got to break some news it. to you. It's a song so famous, it's a cliche, and it wasn't done by Def Leppard, but this guy just would not admit that he was wrong because they never do. You're wrong. Yeah, so- the world hates you. No stairway. You hear them say things like, I don't like it when Irish music gets all heavy metal like Dropkick Murray does and other <laughs> stupid <laughs> <laughs> That was a great day after voice. When, uh, when, 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 oh, at The day after Obama's inauguration ceremony, we had people calling up the store if it was to see if the ceremony was available on DVD yet the next day. Wow. Oh, yeah, and it shipped overnight. Yes. It's here now. Yes. We're called YouTube. They say things like, I had it once ago, but I never re-got it. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a second. <sighs> I had it once ago, but I never re-got it. That's your sentence. <laughs> Hooked on phonics worked for me. Uh, God I never damn re-got it. it. Hey, can I re-get that f***ing <laughs> food that I just threw up because you're an idiot? Uh, Dude, he's bringing up so many memories. Oh, man. I forgot about it. Just all that. <laughs> As it. he takes a long draw of his beer. <laughs> I had it once ago, but I, I never, never re got it. <laughs> That's a tattoo right there. One time we had some guy come in and was like, I don't understand this take a penny, leave a penny tray. You're just supposed to leave one of your pennies and take someone else's? <laughs> yep. What's the point of that? <laughs> God damn it. I. Okay, which cities did you work in? I worked in uh, I worked in Issaquah years ago when Issaquah was a very different place. Fair uh, I worked uh, worked in Seattle. Well, okay, worked in the U District, and I've worked uh, for a short time in Queen Anne. All of these at the record store. And all these record stores, yes. Right. These are all record stores. And then one was in downtown Bellevue. One was in Crossroads, which is kind of like a smaller, uh, lower well, rent version of like Bellevue. Bellevue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and so Issaquah, Crossroads, downtown Bellevue. Oh, and Northgate, near right. the Northgate Mall. All those different areas. Small town, big city. So people are dumb as Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. People are dumb as f- <laughs> I had it once ago. <laughs> At that, the Isa- that's a good tattoo. The Issaquah store was actually in an area where it was like had equal of distance to areas of rednecks, regular suburban people, and really rich people, and people that just lived out on the sticks like like closer than the rednecks. Right. So we had all four of them come Was in. that Crossroads? No, this was in Issaquah. Oh, okay. Like 15 or 16 years ago. And uh, so, yeah, all those people, that that whole cross section, a lot of them, dumb as. F- so over the time that you worked in record stores, record stores completely changed. Yep, uh, went from like the only place you could go to get a CD to like not really being as important to a lot of people who just download their music. Yep, it's crazy. You've watched an entire shift 
in record stores. Yeah. I remember when MP3 downloading became a thing, and the record company's reaction to it was, we're going to charge more for our CDs. And we all see how that well that worked out for them. They do all this stupid shit. Yeah, let me get a, trying to cling. Let me to, get twenty two ninety nine for this Backstreet Boys fucking disc. That's what they did. Yeah, and, and it worked for about two years, Here's, or maybe a, maybe even less than that. It was eighteen ninety nine, and even people that I remember, people even that are into, you know, popular commercial stuff that I thought was just fucking, even they would. Uh, would come in and it's like, yeah, I'm selling this CD. You know, I like the single, but all the rest are just horrible. So I can only imagine how horrible the rest of the album was. By the single. They did that for years. Well, that's what how that's how they made their fucking money. CD singles? CD Loved singles. them. Yeah, because back then when, when they were cranking all that music out, you could buy the single and skip the rest. But then at that point, you still bought a Britney Spears single. And the singles were like not really that much... <laughs> Imagine paying $10 for a single. I remember when I was a kid, maybe about 13, 14, maybe even younger than that, I had an allowance, and I had maybe, I think it was like either between 10 and 15 bucks to go to the record store at the mall most of the time and buy a CD. If that CD sucked, I was f***ed for the next week or two yeah, weeks. Yeah, you better learn to love it. Yep. Until, yeah, exactly, so... Because there really wasn't any way to really preview a lot of. And music I remember back then. when they used to be like, "Oh, we want nineteen ninety nine for this No Effects record," and I'd be like, "I don't, you know, I got fifteen bucks." They'd be like, "Oh, but it's an import," and I'd be like, "I don't fucking care." <laughs> and then that's when it was like, "Oh, hey, Napster's here." <laughs> all that. Sh I remember I bought a shitty screeching weasel B sides and rarities album. I bought that too from so. <laughs> From Bubble Records. It was a double disc. Wave music in the <laughs> Super Mall. And it was like 25 bucks, and I, I traded in a bunch of discs to it. Get must it must be great if it's $25 and two CDs. <sighs> no, it was fucking terrible. Was and I had to wait like worst. three weeks to buy any other CD, and I only had like three other CDs than this. So I had to learn to like it, and now I know all those fucking songs. I remember. And Ben Weasel's a piece of it, they, it had about the uh, uh, the production quality was about as good as the first Dark Throne like demo. <laughs> So like, was this? Wait, can I was, get my money back? Was this a legitimate release or? Yeah, uh, yeah. Let me see. Let me look it up. <laughs> look it up. Did either of you ever buy any of those really obviously not official rare live import bootleg CDs? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> but they they like they put a kibosh on that real fast. I stopped seeing those. Oh yeah, popping I, up. Uh, yeah, there was an old flea market that I used to go to where I'd buy like people's old like mix tapes, kind of. <laughs> Half of them wouldn't work, but there'd be some sweet. <laughs> that's uh different than record stores, but right. Screeching weasel. I'm ch looking it up. I'm not finding it, bro. <laughs> Dude, I'll find it. I'll find it in five seconds. Watch this. Yeah, two thousand. That's exactly what it was. Yes. Thank you very little. I bought that shit and I was so fucking mad. Yeah, it's too bad I didn't know you guys back then because I would have told you what a piece of that thing was. After that, I, I couldn't listen to Screeching Weasel after that. It ruined it for me. Yeah. Mostly just because it fucking pissed me off. Yeah, I spent my money on some dumb CDs. <laughs> but it's all good. It is got me to where I am today. And is that Screeching Weasel CD the worst you've ever purchased? That's the like that's your, your biggest CD purchase. Kevin, I'm regret. glad you. This is, I never knew that about you. And I'm glad to the know that you Kevin. and I both bought that record. Waves music. When little Eric and uh, Metal Mike worked there. Yeah, I bought it from Bubble Records in Kent. Back in the day, there used to be, in the Super Mall, that store Waves Music, they had a 
uh, you know how in the mall stores sometimes they have like a hole in the windows. Like there's two windows, but there's like a corner where like you can like stick your hand out the mm-hmm. the store. So like Metal Mike <laughs> would just like toss CDs out there to his friends. No, <laughs> yeah, when okay, he was the manager. That store, that entire f-ing company doesn't work. So I think the. Uh, I'm sure that had something to do with it. <laughs> Could like, hey, have. Here's all these free metal CDs. Let me get a copy of it. Oh, and then you can start burning CDs. Absolutely. Uh, the Travis. Of a non-sound scan store. Tell us more about your record industry. My record industry. Well, record uh, store. Stuff. It's funny you were talking about that. The talking about the purchase is a perfect segue to what I have next. Actually, um, it's about uh, selling CDs. Like most record stores, most independent record stores, uh, the past. 20 years have had to sell used CDs. Buy, sell, trade. Buy, sell, trade because people buy, they don't like it. They uh, sell it back for a little bit more money. Pennies on the dollar. It used to be a lot different. When I first started in the business, we would give like $3 in store credit or $4 in. Uh, no, $4 in store credit, $3 in cash per disc. And that might not sound like a lot, but we sold them for. Twice that amount, but yeah. but still. Well, sometimes people come in with a hundred CDs. Exactly, and, and but not that sometimes, up, all the time. It used to be sometimes, but in the last ten years, lots of people decided that they just don't want to have big collections anymore. So they bring all their stuff down and try to sell it. The thing is, they don't realize that everybody else has had the same idea at the same time, right. and it has driven down the value. So. Many of it now, many of them are pennies on the dollar. I remember hearing that John Pettibone sold my band's record to Kevin's store for a fucking quarter. Yep. <laughs> You're worth a quarter. <laughs> 25 cents. 25 You're lucky to get that. Cents. Uh, I know. I'm shocked he even got any money at all for it. Uh, I consider that an honor. He actually paid me a quarter for to take it. We had too many copies. <laughs> <laughs> How many copies of R.E.M. Monster... Do you fucking need at a store before the people go, no, I'm just going to throw this away. Last store I worked at, we had 12. We had 12 used copies of R.E.M.'s Monster. Six copies of Hootie and the Blowfish's Cracked Rearview Mirror. Love that record. Uh, Like six (laughs) copies of every Indigo Girls album. Basically, four copies of 10,000 Maniacs unplugged in New York. (laughs) So, any record that won a Grammy from like 1990 to 1997? Everybody sold it back. Every Sinead Wakana CD. Every copy of 300 got sold back to us, too. Uh, How many copies of Third Eye Blind's Semi Charmed Life did you have? Seven. There he is. See? He's got an inventory in his head, man. Seven. I'm going to go buy all seven of them. Dude, dude, dude. Do, 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 do. So, uh, yeah, what was, do you think was the most sold back CD you worked when you worked there? The, oh, that's a tough call. Well, some of those. Titanic soundtrack? The Titanic soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> Servicing by Sarah McLaughlin. Was sold oh, no. back a ton. Big Willie style. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith's, uh, yeah, his stuff was definitely in the 99 Dude, Miami? That time. Come on, that record's fucking sick. We are the men in black. What about that soundtrack? I remember uh, that was Oh, huge. that? Yeah, you could probably find that in a 99 cent bin as well. <laughs> Perfect example of the, why you bought a CD for one song. At that mm. store, the average cost of a used CD was two ninety nine. Wow. Could you, ima- could you so imagine like... Yeah, you're giving somebody 25 cents for it. Like my band. <laughs> F*** you, Ryan. Yep, 25 cents. At least my band put a CD out. True. Well, a lot of times True. people <laughs> sell. 
Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> That's not brutal. It's just true. <laughs> or wait, I'm it's, just. It's both. Give like, me some pound. pound I like it. when the people try and haggle with you. When they're like, no way, that's on, more, way more than that. Yeah. You know, I bought this for... This is so much worth more money. I carried no, this through no, the no, Kathmandu Mountains. No, man, that, that's, a good, that's a good band. That's in great condition. Yeah, it's, There's no, no scratches, man. Look at it again. I will show them, like, no, look, see, there are scratches here, 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 and they still will not believe it's it. It's not how, a scratch. How many well, times did you just want to frisbee one of those discs off their foreheads oh so oh. often and just dink and the stuff i didn't want to take that was either we had too many of them or i didn't think it would sell or it was just too damaged to sell again we would you know people would just be like well can i just leave them here no no just leave them here we're, we're not, not a garbage we're not goodwill company. okay you're honestly if you just leave them here you think oh i'm doing you a favor you could sell them for for free no we can't this sell them that's why i'm not taking them that's why i didn't offer you money this isn't a them. music charity yeah they just they, they just and a lot of times they bring in stuff and it's stuff they've had stored in a while and it's dirty and it's got like it's covered in i've i've i found, I found razors in my mom's and basement. needles <sighs> in boxes of cds that people have brought Were there in like at least some nirvana cds or something in there <laughs> oh so, is it like a grunge box? <laughs> is that too much? No, that would have been better. I might have, I might have been able to buy <laughs> one. Like, of those. Oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> Great, yeah. And you have all these dangerous items in a box where I will be rummaging through them. Be like, oh, is that black tie? Gotta wear one? gloves. And there's nothing. I did wear gloves actually for a long time near the end. Yeah. I I went through an entire box of latex gloves. That's just, probably just okay. smart anyway. <clears throat> You never know where those f***ing CDs came from, no, what their nasty yes, ass houses do. are like. They always argue. Some juggalos always... came in to sell their twisted CDs. It's they... So many times, like, we'll call them, like, yeah, we're done with your CDs. Okay, uh, well, I'm, I'm leaving town t- tomorrow morning for, like, six weeks <laughs> to go to Abu Dhabi. So um, with, with my cat it, would it be cool if uh, I just left them there until I got back for weeks and weeks? No. Why? Why? Wait till you get back from your trip, then sell them. <sighs> Never think ahead. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Have fun in Abu Dhabi. And I just want to say that when people tried to sell us vinyl, all of those problems increased tenfold because everybody's convinced that their vinyl is worth a load of money. No. I've got this 99th repressing of Beatles Rubber Soul. Uh, can you give me 900 bucks? It's no, Beatles on it's vinyl. Beatles. It's the Beatles, man. This is classic. This is Boston on LP. Dude, come on. I bought this record, you know, 19 years after it came out. This is, this is one of, Max Rumors, man. This is you one know of 700,000. This is sold. <laughs> this is one of 700,000. <laughs> this is one of a kind. You know what that f***ing means? There's only 700,000 of these in the world. You probably never come across this. Uh, I found it. I found four copies of it at the fucking Value Village. That's Bert. where I used to get a lot of my like Jim Croce records and Willie Nelson records and like. Right, it's a good place James to get Taylor that kind of thing. And like those records that literally have like five, ten million copies. Barbara Streisand, Elton John, lots of Elton John out there. Frampton yeah. comes alive. Yeah, I was about to say the Mormon <laughs> Tabernacle Choir. Weren't people issued that record by mail? Like, if you're a citizen of the United States, you get a free copy, a copy of Frantic Comes Alive. I think that was actually mandated. In Top the box. <laughs> yes. It's a real thing. I love that record. Ooh, you know, baby, I, I, I don't love give it up. You wait. I dig that record. Every day. Do you feel <laughs> I like I do? I want to feel wow. like I 
We're just getting weird on this Come episode. Come on, Travis, get down with me, buddy. You, 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 yeah. All right, Frampton came alive. <laughs> Frampton undead. Oh, my God. Back to the rant. <laughs> Next. Next. Okay. How many topics do you have in here, man? Well, I just... Keep I, them coming. I'm we'll not work. even sure if it's next. Let's see. Oh, yeah. It's about metal and, and uh, how many people are just too wussy to really deal with it. Um, I tried to promote metal in every store I worked at. Of course. Why not? Why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, you're the metal guy. Yeah, I wrote up reviews. I stocked the sh- uh, shelf on the on the staff suggest uh, staff recommendation thing last uh, the last store i worked at um uh, i actually had a display called the metal lift which i grew just like a huge i assembled it out of cardboard and metal and collage stuff and just packed it with all the best metal <laughs> store and i rotated it each week and people recognized it because it was the only display that that store had for seven years running wow and I would get, and I would occasionally play metal in the store when the manager wasn't around, because they're like, "Oh no, that's not, but you know, that's a little too much." And uh, and people, uh, uh, some most of the time, people were cool with it, and but sometimes, occasionally, you'd get people who didn't like the music you were playing and say, and this wasn't just with metal, but it was with a lot of stuff. They'd come up like, "Yeah, I don't like this. Can you change it?" And what I always thought was really f***ing irritating about that was that you would never see people do that in any other business. I've never seen anybody at a supermarket go up to a clerk there and say, yeah, I don't like this Muzak Kenny G type that you're playing. And if you don't (laughs) change it to something that's a little more suited to my taste, I'm not going to shop here anymore. Right. Nobody ever does that. Nobody ever walks out of a dentist's office because they don't want to hear warm one oh whatever playing. But yet for some reason people come into a record store and they think it's their personal iPod. And keep in mind, I wasn't playing extreme death metal stuff. I wasn't like trying to play Yeah, you know the difference. Yeah, exactly. You know what's like quote socially acceptable metal. Right. Whatever. I didn't play Gorguts, I didn't play Pig Destroyer. <laughs> I, I Portal. I, I didn't. I oh man, yeah. <laughs> I I wanted to so much, but you play like Pantera or you know. I play like a Priest, Mars, I play Down, Iron Maiden, Merciful Fate, <clears throat> Rainbow stuff. That's, oh, what would be considered? To and people have complained about that. People have said that was too heavy. That's too extreme. Rainbow, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. It's too, well, it's too extreme. It's just, I, I, I that can band's relate, basically man. just a rock band, really. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's a metal band, arguably, but those rock and or roll and is unacceptable. Were, and they were still complaining about it. They're just like, oh, that's just, you know, this is too heavy. Man, when I was uh, when I was making burritos back at U of M, my buddy Nick and I used to be able to listen to whatever we wanted to, and we were listening to Dio, and some kid was offended. He said that it went against his religious you beliefs. You should have slapped the shit out And he him. went and complained to the manager. And uh, and right like that, we were just stuck with the radio. What does Dio sing that's offensive? Right? He was oh, offended by Rainbow in the Dark. Heaven you should have said, I'm religiously <laughs> opposed to bitches. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have me. an anti-pussy religion. No. You have to not be a fucking dipshit. I gave that dude the most rancid burrito that has ever been made by anybody. Ew. He got 
some Ew. major Fumundas cheese going in that thing, and we we gave him the. Do you ever see that that movie? From Waiting Cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh they, yeah. They gave him the treatment. Oh. Thumbs down. That, that's that's pretty much what we did to this kid's effing burrito. Mm. How about Nasty. a little garlic salt? <laughs> and if you. F- with people just trying to enjoy their work day a little bit more by playing something like Dio, then you deserve that. Hell yeah, you, yeah, you ruin it for other people. Plus, you just broke the cardinal of rule of don't f- with the people who make your food. Exactly, that's two rules. I'll come because I know that you're not keeping track. I don't go to his church and on his religion while he's trying to pray. So enjoy your sandwich. Well, as I said before, people thought that most of the time in record stores, you just hang out and listen to music and talk about music and sell music. And it might have been that way at one point. But today, working at a record store means spending a load of time putting CDs, vinyl, and other formats on shelves, answering phone calls all day to help dip too lazy to actually come down and look at the shop and find stuff themselves. Packaging and processing internet orders, stocking shelf space that record companies pay to use, buying and processing used product, and if you're really lucky, you might get to hear an album you like, as long as it's not something that could possibly excite or offend anyone in any way. And I basically left because that was all became too much work for way too long with very little reward. And when my last day came... Uh, the last company I worked for, they, they, I didn't get a card, I didn't get cake, I didn't get a gag gift, nothing. Kevin here, along with my friend Corby, had to uh, get a cake for me and bring it down to my work. And that and was said awesome. last f***ing day on Last f***ing day. <laughs> yeah. Thank they, you, they didn't even Kevin. acknowledge it was your last day on the f***ing schedule. Like, yeah, right? to them. Travis's last day. Yeah, to them, like one of their metal. just like next. One of the metal overlords of the company leaving after so long was just another day of the office. The manager goes, well, I guess I'll see you later. Yeah, you'll still get your friends and family <laughs> discount. He's like, we know you're going to come back. <laughs> yeah. We know you're coming back, Travis. Yep. Yeah, well. You're not. Now that I'm not working there, <laughs> I have lots of time for other projects. Some of them business, some of them artistic. So we appreciate you coming to us to get that off your back. Right. And here's the, like my initial reaction to that last thing you just said is a that's fucking weak. Obviously, if if you've been working at a place for that long, and if they're just like, well, bye. A it means your po- your bosses are just fucking pussies and they're inconsiderate, <laughs> and they're jealous. It also is indicative to me, though, also of, like, kind of the way record stores are going. So maybe you got out at the right time, Travis. And as much as I hate to say it, though, like, sometimes you just have to embrace the change and the way things are headed. So uh, I will always treasure my times going into a record store, physically being able to look through the racks of CDs. For me, like, mostly having to search through things and finding new things because of that. That's fun. Uh, obviously, you are a person who really cared a lot about informing people who, and for all of this shit that, I'm, that I know you said, you had to have had some good interactions, like Kevin said. It's not all on you know the negative yeah, side. Yeah, I made some great friends, and there was regulars that really liked me. As a matter of fact, I ran into some uh, younger guys at a show who shopped at a store I worked at when they were in middle school. Nice. And uh, they, sa- they said how, uh, talk- they told me about how I had really gotten them into death metal because when they were kids, they would go to the store and they would ask me what albums were best worth their time. And I would say, okay, yeah, you got to pick up this one and this one and this one. And that just uh, like started them on the path of all this other great And that's pretty cool. 
That that's got to be a good feeling. It is a good feeling because you literally left a mark. Yeah, for real, not just a skid mark. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't be where I am with music listening today if it wasn't for Dave back at the, back at the record store at at my hometown, man. That guy would always give me the the stuff to listen to. And oh, yeah. We had one of those record stores you go in and listen to anything before you bought it. So Absolutely. I'd sit there and just listen to CDs for – and you just put stuff in front of me, man. It, it's it's uh, That's one thing we're going to miss when – Exactly. In the next couple years, when the record stores aren't a thing anymore, Uh, I was the exact same way. And for me, it's not as cool, but it's just as influential. It was the guy that worked at the Hot Topic at my mall. Oh, totally. That's where you'd get like that's where they had a metal section, dude. The contaminated releases, those those big comps that they used to put out for like seven, eight bucks. And there was a guy. He would come up to me, like he would see me like looking through the CD shelves, and he'd see me pick something up, and he'd come up behind me and be like, "Hey, put that down." You don't want that. And he'd be like, you want this. And he'd put actual CDs in my hand and he'd be like, you need to buy this. Not just because I'm trying to make money for the company. Check this record out. Like I was wearing a newfound glory shirt. Obviously not very metal of me to admit, but I was like 14, 15. And the guy was yeah. like, hey, you ever heard of Shy Halud? And I was like, no. What's that? And he's like, this is the band that this guy sang for. Before this, it's way heavier. It's, it's way better, arguably, whatever. Check this out. So I checked it out and, you know. I wouldn't be the same without that kind of thing. So <clears throat> yeah. it's a, it's cool, dude. It's important. And uh, as much as it's sad to see you go, I'm glad that you had the chance to do that for so many people for so long. Yep, for so long. <laughs> I made my so mark. Yeah. Sometimes, even after working at a candy store, you get t- sick of f***ing candy. Hey, get these runs out of my face. Time for me to move on. Yeah. Major shout out to the record store guys, man. They're uh, totally very, very underrated, very necessary part of the industry. Got any advice for anybody who's inspired now, maybe after hearing this, to go into a record store and buy a record? Um, yeah. Uh, if they act like dicks, shop somewhere else. <laughs> but don't be dicks to them. I like that. That's pretty much it. Uh, oh, so it's the first commandment all over again. Don't be an a- Exactly. Yeah. Regardless of what kind of music you're into or what you're looking for, I think that policy would probably save everybody a lot of stress. Don't be an asshole. Right on. Well, thanks for the rant, dude. It's good to hear from the inside. Thanks for letting me get all that off my chest. That's Travis the virus, man. Now we're going to have to hear about you uh, dealing with Kevin's in your stairwells. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got something a little uh, similar to my stairwells. Remember last time I was here and I told you I'd be looking for Tony Triumph? Oh no. Well, I haven't found him, but I did find this note from him. Oh, where's which, Tony? Tony Triumph? Yes. Is that a fucking note? He, yeah. Well, it's on Triumph Records stationery, <laughs> or at least it's like a flyer for a oh, yeah. supermarket with uh, Triumph Records written on the top of it in pen. And then the rest of it is written in crayon, and I so I'm Pretty sure he, it's he writes Tony. in crayon. I couldn't. I I can't really read. He's bringing it back. Tony it, Crayola. It, it, it says uh, and it's spelled phonetically, so it's like I know of been looking for me. That's the number four. I know who've been taking <laughs> talking better. Right? Well, of course I've been taking. How is this gonna get out? You better stop it, or I will sue you for. Lieball and <laughs> f- up your car and kick you in your balls. Balls is spelled with a Z and <laughs> your balls by five exclamation points. Tony, Tony, Tony Triumph. Tony knows. And then there's 
scribbly type uh, <coughs> signature. So I'm, but this other su- the supermarket that's on, uh, that ad it's written on is actually pretty close to where I live. So I might be able to do some recon and see if I can't get this bastard. Where's in here Tony to pay Tony. to answer for his crimes? Against music, we need him and merch. He wants to know where your Carnotaurus booty shorts are. Mm. Tony, we're calling you out. (laughs) Where's your Carnotaurus beanie baby? You're listening out there, Tony. I will find you, and I will bring you here. Perfect. Calling out Tony Triumph. Can I bring him next time you come, dude? Thanks for coming, Travis. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. Metal shop rules. All right, Travis uh, is uh, a very—he's like a musical martyr. He like uh he like takes on the sins of f-ing idiots, and I think he's finally just had enough. So, good job. Yeah, Travis. he's stepping down from his Thank post. <laughs> yes, it's time for other people to play out the string of the record store industry. <laughs> so somebody's got to. You have on the internet exactly. All right, Ryan, Kevin, you guys got any last this words for the week? Or episode fifty nine is down. Mayhem coming up. Oh, that's right. Tuesday we'll have some hopefully. Some sweet interviews. Enrapturing interviews. And mm-hmm. by the time you hear us next, we will have been recording on 4th of July as the bombs burst in the air all around us. Or is that legal in Seattle? Or should we just take the week off and be like, f***ing America? <laughs> that might be a good idea. Let's just take the week off next week because everybody else is going to be listening to Metal Shop on the 4th. And this is a good idea because you anticipate the 60th episode. You have to make it big. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Now we can do Can't just throw that special. away, man. We'll make Ryan. Those moments you got to savor. We'll make Ryan take a vodka enema. Oh, a vodka enema? No butt chugging. <laughs> <laughs> I learned a couple of new words. Have you today. done that before? <laughs> you know, I learned something today. I did. I learned two <laughs> new words, and no, I haven't done that before. But I learned two new words: butt chug <laughs> and twattermelon. <laughs> What's a twattermelon? You got to tell us before we go. I don't know. What do you think it is? I don't know. I just heard the word. I'm picturing a vagina with a watermelon inside of it. Is it when you take a bicycle pump and like a like one of those uh, like a toilet plunger bottom part and kind of attach it and just kind of pump you know, it full of air? <laughs> yeah, just and then it gets all red and puffy. Yeah, there you go. That's some weird like foreign. <laughs> Germans. So, butt chug and watermelon, <laughs> and now you have to drink because we definitely diverged back off the course again. <laughs> anyway, we'll One see more you. shot for the shotski. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks for episode number 60 of Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Travis, thanks again. Yeah. You're the man. Yeah. And uh, peace out, motherfuckers. This has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.